Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 75th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I am your host, Katie M. Kane. Our guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, he is a titan in the garment industry, the garment and apparel industry. He has done millions of prints for companies that you spend dollars with every single year of your life as far as kicks and, and, and shirts and all that shit, man. He's, he's been in one of the most notorious tagging crews ever, and he, he owns his own business now. He's working for himself, high-end raps. He is the man. He is the graphics dude extraordinaire. He has so much uh, depth to his story, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad he came on the show tonight to talk to us. His name is Aaron Goen, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron, are you with us? Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on the show, bro. I, I try to keep it nori with the intro. I try to keep it nori with the intro. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you gotta hype like, it up a bit. Yeah, dude. Because I, you know, you could give me a list. Stacia gave me a list of things to say, but usually I'm just like, eh, fuck this list. I'm, you know? Yeah, it's better yeah. a little bit of improv in there. Man. <laughs> yes, dude. Yes, yes, man. So thank you for taking taking the time tonight, sir. Um. I, I, to give a little bit of context to the people, uh, I, I have a cousin named Mike. Uh, he, he's my cousin on my mom's side. You know what I mean? He's, I love that guy. Uh, done, done a bunch of cannabis stuff with him. And when I, when I got to Oregon, he really helped me out as far as introducing me to people who could help me out with my music and everything else. And I got introduced to Aaron, who's my cousin. Um, and I purchased a logo for my LLC. M- mine and my, my cousin Tutlow's LLC. It's called Main Node. Um, and the logo fucking smacks, man. It's super clean. It's super dope, you know, and I spent a pretty penny on it, but it, the, the work came quick, you know, the changes were fast and it was real professional and it's been, all, dude, you honestly ever, you're the first person who is that professional who I was like, damn, it's a lot of money. I'm like, damn, it's expensive, 350 for a logo. But my cousin told me, he's like, nah, this guy's the truth, man. It's worth it. And it was, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't a homie. Yeah, I'll work all the steps with you and everything. Like, yeah. oh, you don't like that part? Tell me to mix it up. Let's do it. Yeah, and it Anything wasn't a homie. It, it, yeah, it was a homie introduced me, but you didn't give me the homie hookup, but it was still fucking worth it, bro. And we became right. homies afterwards and uh, d- done all kinds of different things together. Then we started then. doing other business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Well, it's like, yeah, I had the farm in 2016. You were definitely yeah. uh, my number one crew guy as far as that season went, bro. Like, it was good having you on the farm and just assessing the situation for efficiency as far as how this process is going to go, where it's going to start, where it's going to end. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it was, uh, it was a, a joy. Of training. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was a joy. And it, it just, to me, it was like, fuck, this guy gets it. Because I worked for fisheries for a long time, so similar process we got a shit ton of work and we got to get done by the run game you know? long process for yeah sure. dude, for real. so uh, so definitely a cool sharp dude um i remember one of the first times i met you you took me on a tour to the place was called latitudes at the time correct can you talk about them in any sort of context about the work that you did there because when i went there that's when i became impressed because um, you're just some guy, Aaron, that my fucking cousin Mike plugged me in with, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when I went to your fucking job, I was like, holy shit, this is major, you know what I mean? So can you talk yep. about your time there and, and what kind of work you did and how much work you did and for which companies, dude, because that's relevant. Oh, yeah. It's like, 
I'm not gonna tag them in the fucking YouTube post or anything, but it's it's major to me, <laughs> dude, because I shop with these brands. You know what I mean? And so does everyone else. Right? Everybody does. So a little bit of a mis misconception happens when you talk about screen printing, because many people, you know, they'll learn this in college or high school, and they'll do it on tables or they'll do it in their garage, and it's all done by hand. And we had a state of the art facility that was wrapped around a concept called 5s which i'll talk about later too and we had to go through full training to do this we created actual floor plans to make this a one-way rotation and nothing goes backwards to begin with when you walk in the facility at first you're not seeing anybody hand printing these are all machines that are doing everything for you and they're calibrated to a t perfect yeah. machine state-of-the-art computer driven uh some of the clients that i worked with were really really high-end where we're talking like Nike, Air Jordan, Under Armour, K-Swiss, Adidas, the list goes on and on and on. And where I came into play, where I was special in the industry when I was at this facility, was I was running a lot of creative direction. So I was working with people that were really high up that didn't even have business cards with these companies. Because you don't want to contact those people. They contact you. Yeah. So those are the kind of people I was talking to. And eventually, as the years came rolling around, I started doing projects for like, you know, LeBron James as himself, even his kid, uh, Kyrie, you know, Westbrook, everybody mailing straight to their houses with these rush orders and custom designs. So yeah. we're really working with all that stuff. And, you know, and our facility was capable of putting out about a million to two million prints a month. So we can yeah. really push the envelope there. Well, dude, that's, that, that's impressive, dude. A million a month for those companies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's small. It's basically a small company, too. You're talking about 100 employees at the time. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Um, Yeah, super, super impressive. Um, And then also, like, I remember it was top secret when you were telling me about it. And I don't know how much you can share about it, but you, you just kind of mentioned it in the answer. Now. But it's like, dude, you guys made some shit that was, like, fully automated that... You know what I mean? I, I remember one yeah. of the times I came to visit, there was a curtain. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, like on the, on the fucking half of, your, yeah, <laughs> half of your floor. And I could see the employees. Look, it's like you couldn't go beyond the curtain. It's like, what the fuck is like the Wizard of Oz? Like, you guys <laughs> For real, dude. It's you like what, I mean? what it was, too. It was like only like 10 people were allowed behind that curtain out of yeah. everybody. That was there. And that included Nike employees and the developers and the technicians that I worked with. Yeah. And, and so... Like, can, can you talk about it? Like, is it, it's, it's yeah. completely it's, like when you, I don't want to explain it for you. Thing. You know what I mean? Cause it's, yeah. if you order something from Nike, it goes through that fucking facility and that machine right now. Right. Yeah. So they got some crazy stuff going on where we had a whole bunch of firsts with this machine. I was lucky enough to be uh, included on a team where I worked with people from China, Italy, and the States. And um, what we did was we used the base of an automated screen printing press. So it printed for us, but then we added basically in layman's terms, what is a giant inkjet printer? It prints all the colors on top of just a white base. Yeah. And then we hit that and run it through a dryer and we have a full spectrum shirt. So that gives us freedom of like, let's say a uh, variable art and a design. So I can change the design as long as it fits the same shape underneath of it. Or yeah. I could run, run a one-off at no no real cost to me and it, I, and the way we did that with Nike and developed it was through nikeelite.com and nike.com where people would order custom designed garments 
and we can have them at their house in 48 hours. It's like a, a live thing online. Dude. And we did that with like all the basketball championships and the Super Bowls and all that stuff. It was, it was well, direct. Dude, and so that, that shit is up and running right now, right? So if you order from yeah. one of those websites, my guy yep. right here on Concerned Dabs Podcast helped fucking build that shit, man. You know what I yep. mean? And then that, that uh, I don't know, super impressive to me, man. But you, I didn't want to interrupt too much, but you also talked about, because this is another thing that was impressive to me is I would, I would swing by the office to, to see what's up and you'd have all this cool artwork shit, like proofs of shit that didn't happen yet for championships and, and playoffs and oh, stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So can you talk about that and the process, dude? Because, dude, it just, it, it, like, it's it's inside shit. It's like, yeah, we print, yeah. We print, we print for both sides but we print more for the side that we think we're going to win. Like, can you talk about that whole shit, man, for, you know, give me a good good spiel on that, please. So like a lot of times, you know, Nike's promo value is more worth than what they're actually giving out. So they're going to put a lot of money into creating potential trash is what we would call it. And it didn't matter which outcome we had. We printed both and we would set everything up before everything's decided both ways. So if the shop's ready to go, but we could see that there was like a number difference. And there was a lot of times when that number difference didn't mean something about the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hint, hint, ladies and gentlemen, we ain't going to say too much more than that, but yeah, uh, <laughs> that competition is a little less competitive than you think it is. Yeah. 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 But uh, so what, what are some of the, the, the leagues and stuff that you've printed for, for shirts and stuff like that, man? Cause Oh, man, that's endless. Uh, I mean, I, I actually work directly with the managers with NFL and the NBA. It's a Pro Bowl. Uh, I work directly with them to develop their logos that you would see on TV all the time. Uh, even the World Series, uh, the shirts that the players would wear right before the game, you see them throwing the ball around, things like that. Or the shooting shirts in the NBA Finals where they're wearing them on the court. Those came right off the presses where I worked. And I helped oh, develop all the looks and how they, they actually printed, because I was working directly with the developers from Nike and the people who were actually printing these garments. Yes. Yeah, dude. And then uh, the, uh, the Hall of, uh, the Wall of Fame or whatever, like that was the other thing. It's like oh, yeah. your, your office was like situated up in the top corner, like super big yeah, boss shit, right? You know? Yeah, dude, it, it was dope. Tower. But like <laughs> at, the, at the end of the stairs, there was like a hallway and it had photos. And all yep. of these photos, ladies and gentlemen, were of super famous celebrity people on TV wearing something that Aaron and his homies made at work. So, like, can you and talk we about special did it so that we actually custom made frames out of wood screen frames and what's called Newman roller frames, which are things that we stretch our screens on and actually print with. And we made custom frames for these things. So we'd actually hang the actual shirt as a sample that we printed and put the picture in the frame so you can walk down the hallway and see all the work that was done with that and then see who it was actually made for and where it was seen as a public thing yeah dude who are some of the people on that wall bro i remember seeing it was like some letterman leno type shit like it was... uh, all of them all of them there's a bunch of kobe stuff we have too uh i mean you got all the celebrities like jack nicholson was on there and you know oh, just a lot of different people and it just kept cycling through so about every year to two we would change out that hall of fame and then archive all the stuff that we had. Yeah. Yeah. Tight. And then man, didn't you work with TDE on a project also? Oh yeah. Can you talk I about did that? the whole Can you tell uh, about that. Tell me about that, yeah. man. 
Yeah, I worked directly with the managers and got to talk to Kendrick and a bunch of his people. Um, they almost flew me out to, to Los Angeles, but they actually came up here and I got to work with them on the designs and how they'll actually print like the techniques. And we used a lot of reflectives and high densities and stuff like that. Very special inks, multiple placements all over. But that was for his uh, West Coast tour that happened a few years back. And we made a, a ton of different colorways, like uh, just for the, the the customer shirts. But we also made a specific one just for them, which I have all the samples of still anyway. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I remember visiting that. I think I was in Phoenix, man. I came back for a weekend. We chilled out for a day and you, you right. showed me some right. other shirts. I was like, oh, this is fresh, bro. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm like, you work with these dudes? And you're like, yeah, man. So it, yeah. it just... uh super impressive dude like the resume is is deep man and long um trust me i, I guess it's an art man it's a, something i'd love to do and there's there's a difference between anybody who just does something and loves what they do yeah well because that's one thing too is uh the ink man like i've yes. had you know I, I worked for from though when i was on work release for my county jail time you know what i mean like i I had a little bit of experience before I met you. And then my cousin, Mike, he had a printing press and the ink, man, making it look the way you want it to look when it's done is the hard part is mixing that shit up and making it pop. And you got to make it perfect. Yeah, well, and that's one thing when I met you was like, you understood that shit, dude. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the, like the devil's in the details. If you understand that shit, that's where you, yeah. you get paid and you, you become expertise. You know what I mean? And yeah, and I was doing probably eighty percent of their like uh, sign offs, where we have to signature everything to OK Production. So they need people like me to like look at their stuff and make sure everything's good, because I see it all the way down from like an art development point, you know, and it brings it out in the reality, and I know how it should already look. So they've always wanted my eyes or somebody trained similar to me to actually go down there and approve things as they're happening in production. I just didn't sit at a computer and design things or anything like that. I was very involved in the production process myself. No doubt, man, hands on. And and that's the other thing too, ladies and gentlemen, if you were lucky enough to get one of my main note t-shirts, you know what I mean? From that first round, I did like 20 or 30 of them. They're on Nike, dope. just do it blanks. The, my t-shirts are on Nike blanks, man, because of this dude, because he, he had the, the blanks sitting around at work. And so, I'm just ordering t-shirts from the homie for the, I got the homie hookup on those. You know what I mean? And then when I got them, I'm like, holy shit, it has the Nike tag says just do it and all that shit. I'm like, fuck man. It, it just, uh, it made they me feel special. Exactly. Yeah, dude. And it had, yeah, the blue had a little bit of flake in there. You know what I mean? I was just yeah. like, dude, it, it, it made me feel special and it made me feel plugged in, Aaron. I felt like I got some really high quality shit, you know, from, oh, you from a guy too, man. I, I threw your stuff on the sample press, and then that guy, his name, uh, I won't really mention it here, but uh, he's he's the best printer I've ever known in my entire career, and I've been doing this over 25 years, so, I mean, that says something is, and I, I put your stuff on his press for a reason, so just make it perfect. No doubt. Good looking out, bro. Okay, so we got a question from Mitchell in production. He He's saying, uh, can you show any of any exclusives? Like even just pull them out of the closet or, or anything that are under NDA that you can, you know, just, just show in, in front of the screen real quick. Uh, Something that came in that. Yeah, because, dude, that's one thing, too. When I, when I came to visit this guy, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you know, this is one of them, actually. Right well, there. Dude, so he'd be like, yeah. He, so who is that? What is that one? Design. 
it's a Hurley design and I actually I have so many colorways of this one but I did this development just for one of their athletes it does a lot of uh paddle boarding out in um Hawaii so he has okay. all these different designs and there's an area code right here with a different filling but we did like six different kinds of ink on each one so you got like your Yo. glitters here you got discharge you got water base you got all kinds of stuff there's puff in there this is the kind of stuff yeah. it is it's so crazy with it no doubt and then uh man grab something else too Aaron. i'm gonna talk yeah. while you go look in your closet but the, the other thing too ladies and gentlemen i'll come and visit you know what i mean i'd be like uh i'd be like hey man I, I forgot my sweatshirt at the hotel man can i borrow one for you so when we go outside and smoke and he opens up his closet and full of all kinds of cool shit and i'm just I like yeah, you, know, I any, you know so like yeah so what's that one okay Seahawks. This is a sideline jacket that was made just for the players. There was only two Yo. extra made, and I have one of them. So this is like where he goes over the uniforms. Yeah, it's like a uh, it save you from the rain and shit like that. Tight, yeah. tight. It says a medium, but it fits like a two X. <laughs> dope, dope, man, dope. And then uh, some of the breweries too. Like I remember wearing a Ballast Point shirt. Uh, it was a sweatshirt that I got from Aaron, and every like everywhere I went, people were like, "Where the fuck did you get that?" I'm like, oh, here you go, bro. "My mom, my homie did the graphics, right man." There's some TDE shit Damn. right there. Oh, that's <laughs> tight, dude. That was for the single. Oh, bro, yeah, hold that up, please. Can you hold it up for five seconds? Damn, TDE, dude. Yeah, show the front of it, bro. Show the front of it. Damn, it's all reflective. It's Hell damn. yeah, bro. See that shit, sick, bro. Super <laughs> cool. I don't know if you can Show see me it. Some with stretch marks. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's so <laughs> Fucking cool, Aaron. Fucking cool, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar, Damn was a single by Kendrick Lamar. I think it was the last album he put out. Uh, so it was super dope. Hot song. Uh, the video, too, man. Some of the angles and the gimbal shots on that shit were pretty sick, you know? I've used, right, this, that one, one, Aaron? used this one a time, few times before myself, but... These were the official jackets for the Gatorade games, so they weren't even for sale. That's why they have a number 11 swoosh over here. It's for TV. It's extra large. And a huge swoosh, a little logo. Only the so they made So they made that logo bigger in order to make it visible to the people on the TV screen, correct? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, man. I, I was uh, watching a, a video about um, it was Fender guitars, the, the, the end of the head on the neck. They started making them bigger, and people were like, why, man? It makes it sound different, and they made it bigger so that they could fit a bigger logo on there for promotion so that any anybody playing it on stage who had a photo taken of them, hopefully the logo would be visible in the photo. Top dog. Damn, that's tied too, bro. The TDE. Word. It's got Yo. the same thing with sleeves. It's got the little patch there on the side. Fucking A, man. Cool shit, Aaron. Cool this shit. Is the one, All right, man. These are the ones that went Can to we... the band. Hey, this is Hell yeah. Sell these. <laughs> Hell yeah. Man, can, can you come back for the interview now, Aaron? Like, we, we believe you, bro. We believe you. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I thank you, Mitchell, for asking that question, because it does. It's like, he could be bullshitting out of his ass. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> ah, check it out right here, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's cool. He's got the proof, too, ladies and gentlemen. Um, So... Can I ask a little bit about your history, dude? When, like, what pushed you towards graphics? Because I know you got some tagging crew history, and um, that's where I, was I at, man. Was... I grew up doing graffiti. 
Well, dude, and there, I remember there was a guy, he was on the cover of Dope Magazine, right? And I remember being at the weed store with you, and I was like, do you know this guy? And you're like, that's my fucking homie from high school. And I, I can't remember his name, but he's a super popular tagger. And he was on, what Revoke. was his name, like Zephyr? Revoke? Revoke, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And it just, uh, I didn't understand. Oh, I think, you know, I think who, you're, who you're talking about was Saber. Saber, Saber, yeah, that was him. Yeah. Saber, yeah, he was on the cover of Dope Magazine, and he, you yeah, know, he, he had his little, LA tag. He, yeah, he he had like his Krylon can, and uh, like yeah, it, it was yeah. So for context, ladies and gentlemen, I had a farm in 2016. One of my big homies, JSK, came out to help me. I took him to to Aaron's work to go and check out the shit that he does, and my homie JSK explained to me the significance of the tagging crew shit because. Uh, uh, JSK knew who that Saber guy was too. And I, I was just, I'm pretty sure that's Aaron's homie. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, I didn't get how dope and deep that shit was, bro. So can you give us some context on that about, about that crew and some of the things that you had a hand in as far as uh, branding and development and shit? Yeah, I, I started out tagging with a crew called AM7. And it was just a few of my friends and stuff. And they were really good at it. So we started associating with like, MSK and CBS, and that's how I got to know Saber and Revoke and Yem and everybody else. And our our history was going to train yards or hitting box trucks and stuff like that, you know. Just but we got real, real good at what we did. And all it really breaks down to, and as to what it brought me to my current status, was the way you build artwork on a computer is built the exact same as the way graffiti's built. So just transforms into a digital process so it makes it real easy but some of the stuff that we did as a graffiti crew was pretty pretty legendary back when that was coming up because um we started doing a bunch of collaborations with a lot of people which people didn't do back then and then uh we yeah. started doing uh our own branding so we were and now it exists as an actual brand but we always called it and we never even thought about this but called it brandalism but it, there is an actual company that actually calls it that now but uh, oh, okay. what we started to do was the seventh letter. So we started developing yes. the seventh letter. The seventh letter, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Which is G. G. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We used so, to do like, all kinds talk, of stuff Talk like about that. that. Like, like how, how did you guys come up with that idea, man? And how, how did you work that into to your art I think, and shit? I think if I remember correctly, it was, uh, it was either revoked. Or one of Revoke's friends that actually came up with that, and he's we just started talking about it, and they're like, "That is, that's fresh as fuck, bro. We just we need to fly with that, man, to see what we can do." And we were all graffiti artists, and had great hand skills and stuff too. So it was it's pretty easy to just write some stuff up. Uh, a lot of us have uh, formal calligraphy training and stuff too, so we we could write really well, and that's basically what we based our clothing brand off of was the seventh letter just being g but writing out the seventh letter creatively in any kind of way that we could think of and then we would make stickers and t-shirts and push them and like push them for really cheap or even free a lot of times just to have the names out there and that's yeah. how we gained so much ground doing this stuff it was because well, dude, we were I... promoting more than everybody else we weren't yeah. afraid of it everybody else was hiding in the 13th hour and well we're just like waving at everybody <laughs> yeah well like that's the thing when, when jsk told me that like he said something he's like man you heard i was like bro i remember seeing write-ups in the source in xxl because they would always have the fashion section and stuff right and yeah. it would just 
exclusive shit from fucking the Bay in LA that you can't really get that's hot as fuck. And they'd have photos of your guys's t-shirts and shit like that too. And yeah. Once he said yeah. that, like it was like, holy fuck. And that's another thing I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, is the logo that I purchased from my friend Aaron Gone. It's it's main note is the name of the LLC, but there's a hidden G in the fucking artwork, dude. Like you can see JSK <laughs> pointed that shit out, and I'm just like, dude, the, the, the symbolism is so dope, bro. I, I just dig how I always put thought into that kind of stuff. You know, it's just that's what yeah. that's what graffiti art is, bro. It's it's symbolism all the way, and you you got to yeah. represent like that. That's why people misspell their names on purpose. Or like when when I'm writing, I use dollar signs instead of S's. You know, just <laughs> I'm paper chasing. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, dude. I agree. It's uh an impressive artwork, bro. You know what I mean? And that's that's what I dig too. Is when, when there's a deeper message in just what looks cool. It's like nah, flip it around right. this way, and you can see this. And it's uh I don't know, dude. Like layers upon layers is the shit I like. It's like I can get but lost in shit like that. You know. I was helping this kid recently do this logo for, uh, he calls it thing Cream & Co, which is catch rules everything around me. So I helped make his logo read the same way, left to right, and flipped over and back left to right. So it reads the same way. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Here and there, he couldn't kind of quite figure it out, and he almost had it, so I was like, Oh yeah, I know. I know all that stuff. You know, mirroring in graffiti is just that's how you make it look dope. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, man, dude, because for real, that's I always had homies in in school who would you know tag up their notebook or make a cool piece on paper, but you, you'd like not do a whole fucking thing. It's like I have friends online now who do murals, you know, native artists and shit, and they get commissioned. Yeah. I'm like, dude, super dope. Get yours, but it's it's different with you, bro, because you guys were doing all that shit without getting paid for it because you fucking love to do it and taking risks (laughs) risks upon your freedom and everything. You know, it's not legal to fucking paint a fucking train or anything, dude. You know what I mean? So I remember we had little, the little ratchet tools. They're like this long. And we go up to the bus stop posters and steal all the Bay Bay posters and then go sell them at school to pay for all our art supplies and stuff. (laughs) Dope. part of it we would do like live paint shows where we'd bring by like 12 different four by eights and stack them in the alley out back at the school and then pass out flyers to everybody in the school and do a live paint demonstration right in front of them damn see shit like that too aaron um i know you're more professionally paper chase oriented now but dude doing shit like that for the love is something i would request of you in the future too man um because i think I, I did one show in Portland, bro, and it was, dude, it was like a month before my band broke up. There was a native conference at Nike, and so uh, it was a whole bunch of Indians in the building, and we rocked for, for it was, it was, and so, yeah, and it was at Burbati's is where the show was at, and okay. uh, there, there was like three bands, we, we each rocked for like 30 minutes, and when the first band went on, this guy had a, a huge canvas up on the stage, and he painted the whole time while the bands performed. Yeah. And then when we were done performing, they, they auctioned the painting off. And it was cool, dude, because I felt super dope. His name was Bunky Echo Hawk. I think he's from New Mexico. I can't remember what kind of Indian he is, but he was the guy painting. And, bro, when we did our set, he started tearing shit up. You know what I mean? It's like he was doing, <laughs> like, some background stuff before. But it's like once we started rocking ours, bro, like, 
you could just see imagery from the shit that I was rapping about that he was putting into the painting. And I was just like, dude, it just, yeah, man, just uh, combining the vibes, dude, in the same setting. Yeah, and then say, that's you're vibing out with the homies, dude. <laughs> yeah, but, but also doing it in a setting where other people can watch and listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, shit, shit like that is dope to me, bro. Like, I uh, yeah, we actually do something got, like that in the future, of- man. We actually got in a lot of trouble in college for doing that stuff because it was still illegal, even though we were using our own stuff because it was on their property. But I mean, they gave a shit for it, but in the end, never nothing ever happened from it. But you know, okay, people didn't okay, know, so people they, didn't really see graffiti the same back then. <laughs> yeah, so let me uh, ask about that too, then, bro, because um, I, I, you know, I went to college. I, you know, I have a degree in PR and. I'm still fucking selling weed and DJing, basically. You know what I mean? I should have just focused on that instead of going to fucking college. You know what I mean? But it, it's uh, you. But but you are a kid who went to college for what he was into, finished, got into what he was into as far as uh after college and succeeded, dude. So can you talk about going to college, like what you majored in, and then what was the process like afterwards, dude? Because I know I'm trying to gas you on your apparel shit, but you had like a cool job before you moved to Portland too, as far as creatively too. Oh yeah, right? yeah. So yeah, can you so, talk about that, dude? Like I, I want you to stunt, but I want the story too, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean, it was just kind of a split second decision. I thought I was just gonna go for graphic design because that's what yeah. I liked. I had already been building computers and using the software and everything, so I had figured it out already. I just needed some training. When I got to the school, I seen their curriculum was really easy for me, so it was pretty much a free degree. So I went for all three programs that they had, where they had fashion design, interior design, and graphic design. And I took them all at once, and I had a job at the time, too, at a print shop. So I was working at a print shop, already gaining knowledge, industry experience, and everything like that. Um, throughout the college, it was it was pretty fun. Uh, a lot of classes I ended up being pretty advanced and what, college, in, what college did you go to where did you go to school at in california it was, it was in, yeah i was in long beach california it was called brooks college it was a vocational college uh they're not LBC. around anymore yeah but yeah it was right in the heart of lbc man i lived off six and pine out there it was fun and you just got to watch the Dope. grand prix every year <laughs> it was pretty nice Dope. yeah but the, the college was not a bad experience and, and i ended you, up you helping finished... a lot of the teachers and everything yeah, so you you built bridges, bro, because you got game. And then what was? Didn't you have some sort of creative? Like it was like a film company. Like, can you talk about that, dude? Like, was that your first job outside of college? Like, what happened after you graduated? And when? What year did you graduate, too? So I graduated high school in '99, and I was out of that school by 2002. Damn. It was a really quick. Yeah, it's a quick program. Uh, most people take one course, but I just felt like I wasn't challenged enough, so I went for all three. Yep. Just got all of them all at once. Finished up. Game. And, uh, Smart since kids I fucking roll. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, once I got out, though, I would already been in the industry a little bit. So I had leaders everywhere that were helping me out, helping me grow as an artist. So they were giving me opportunities and then pushing me to lead people. So that's that's how it's always happened with me is, you know, if you got a homie that's eating right and he ain't setting you up to eat, he's not really your friend. I had a lot of those people that were pushing me forward too while they were eating. I mean, yeah. it takes a lot, man. It's networking all the way. You always got to have the proper network to move forward. I agree, and and I uh, I've always tried to have that same principle. If a homie's down to pitch in, 
And even if it's not dollar amounts, it's like, bro, if you're down to show up and put in work, like it's free game. Like whatever right. I can give you after this, I got you. You know what I mean? And it's just how it's worked with you, bro. Like, I, I, cause I, I knew you had a game with the t-shirt stuff, but on the weed farm, bro, it was just like, fuck. Yes. <laughs> you know, pr- process and efficiency is everything, dude. And yep. um, it's how just always a joy them. to yeah it's a joy to work with someone who understands that and you know like it, it just was always like fuck this guy's dope and that was the other thing too is you didn't ever bitch about paper because you were just like nah man I, I dig learning these things too so you know it would just like because <laughs> I, I you deserve more than i could afford you know but it, it's like you still showed up and that that means a lot i try to do that for my oh, homies too you, know what I you mean? gave me hella jars bro that was normal payment <laughs> yeah 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 no doubt man no doubt so what, what what was the creative? Was it for a film company or something in California before you moved to Oregon? I, like, I remember you telling me a story about that where it was like, uh, maybe it was like a, 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 like a CGI company or something like that. Oh, oh, it was uh, for video games. Like the first Red Dead Redemption. I was working with a lot of the artists on that and like doing character Yo. development. Yeah. Doing some of the digital work for them and showing them um, in different techniques of how to make it look older i guess it's just a different style of art like helping them improve their shit so it didn't look like mario oh uh, okay <laughs> so like like more, more yeah like uh more authentic and, and less uh video yeah. gaming i guess yeah yeah well that's dope and, and so then you you left that job and moved to portland and got down with latitudes after that like no, just, I had a different I'm trying job. To get a, I'm trying to get a loose loose timeline here, Aaron. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get the story. And then I'll, I'll ask about your current company here in about four minutes, bro. <laughs> I, uh, I moved on from that really quickly because it was just, you know, too polluted with a bunch of different people trying to collab well, too much. You know, too many cooks well, in the man, kitchen. Well, because, yeah, talk about that, too. Because to me, on the outside, I'm like, holy fuck, I've heard of that game. I know that game sold a shit ton of copies. Why would yeah. a guy fucking leave a situation like that? So, you know, like, talk about that a little bit, too, man. Too many cooks in the kitchen, man. That's why I never, ever really wanted to work for Nike itself, but I, I wanted to work with them because I'm not down with their kind of politics involved, you know, and that that's what happens when you have too many people involved. So yeah. that's why I left that. And then I ended up at Sundance Media Comp. I was doing webmaster work for, like, the Scholastic book sites and stuff, and Honestly, that was a bullshit ass job too. So I <laughs> moved on. Yeah. To <laughs> well, dude, yeah, it's like, man, what? Sometimes it looks good on paper or a resume, but it's like, fuck, I'm not, I'm not yeah. getting my fucking happiness. My brain's not juicing off this work. You know what I mean? I got tired of it. They were paying me a lot of money at Sundance, and uh, I had all kinds of stuff. Sold it before I moved here. I just decided I had enough of that crap and just wanted to live a little bit. So I took all the money that I had and I just, I moved up here and I lived off of it for like 18 months, very comfortably. <laughs> no doubt. Well, dude, that's, yeah, my cousin my Mike tells me that's, <laughs> yeah, that's when you met my cousin Mike and it's like, yep. I, you know. That's what I, I was, I was just doing having fun. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. So it, it uh, you, you ended up at uh, Latitudes eventually, right? When you, when you got to Portland um yeah fucking shit up there contracting yeah just doing various little jobs with sign shops here and there stuff like that a little bit of design work and then uh i just had the inside lick on this job where 
um somebody's boyfriend was already working with me and then she told him something and he told me something and then i walked in and showed her my stuff and they were just like when can you start <laughs> it kind of like fell in my lap even though that was pretty much a goal of mine was to work with a company like that yeah dude like seriously and and, and i dig that uh the angle on it and the principle behind it of fuck i don't like being told what to do it's like i'll, I'll tell you where it needs to be tightened up and why, that's, why it sucks that's right why, now and you can't you you can't get it that's to where why you I want to be do that job and not not work for nike itself because working for nike you know i'm going to be under the thumb you know but i'm working to yeah. develop with nike and it's my facility that i'm running and you're a guest in my facility so at that point who controls who <laughs> yeah no doubt man I, I i dig that and it's uh it's yeah, empowering man. It's, it's, it's yeah man and inspiring Definitely too because that's <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of times people will ask me like are you gonna go work for so-and-so or for this it's like not if they don't give me a contract like i don't want to go through anybody's yeah. hr department it's like you either see that exactly. i got game or you don't and i'd rather work for myself by myself unless you guys are gonna let me do my thing you know what i mean you're not gonna tell me what to do i'm gonna tell you what's like, up, and up you're gonna watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly dude and that's when i get those kind of messages that's just kind of what i reply with it's like bro give me the fucking yeah. meeting and show up with some paperwork otherwise i don't care show me what game thing. What card you hold? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Seriously, dude. Um, so I, I know that recently you left Latitudes, um, and you started your own thing, man. Like yeah. you, you have your own company now, and and that's I admire you for that too, bro. Like I had I had my my homie Josh Mossberg Galbraith. We had him on episode one, and then we had him return six or seven months later. He left fucking Kaya Shack, bro. I'm sure he was on salary making a fucking dope-ass living, and he left that job to go and do a hemp farm. And now he's growing hemp, and he's making CBD extracts, and, all, and it just, I fucking got to applaud the fun. guys who do shit like that. Yeah, dude, it's like, I'm going to leave this safety net, and what I, you know, because I, I want to enjoy doing something different, you know? Yeah, that's exactly so what that, I did, man. It's like that Sundance, I mean, most people wouldn't have left that job. Even back then, yeah. it was six figures. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, even that was difficult. But still, happiness is worth more than money. And if you can still make a decent amount of money being happy, then why not? Yeah, man. And I I don't know, dude. I enjoy hanging out with people with those principles. Because it's like the rich people who are just about dollars. It's I don't find they, interesting conversation. Or, or they're not well, they into have no dope art. Yeah, bro. It's and all it's about like, how can I skim this money? You know, it's, that's all yeah. it's about. How can I get that money, bro? You know, at 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 no point does a moral come into play when they're like that. Yeah, and that's what I didn't like about rubbing shoulders with a lot of people like that, just because they were heartless dicks. <laughs> Let's just be honest here. Heartless yeah. dicks. They didn't know who they crushed to get that money. Yeah, man, I agree, and I I always yeah, dude, I I try to exude that and 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 uh say that publicly with anybody i'm hanging out with it's like nah man i'm here because i enjoy hanging out with you fuckers and talking about the shit we talk about <laughs> you know what i mean i'm not yeah there's no ang angles other than enjoyment of our time on earth you know what i mean and it's, exactly. it's dope that you it's dope that you try to extend that to your work bro because it, it is like what are you spending well, your time on while you're here on earth is, you know life is limited man you might as well have fun with it like do what you want yeah. to 
stop being held down by other people. Yeah, no doubt. And so, and so when you when you started your own company, the company we put on the flyer, of course, ladies and gentlemen, is called High End Raps. Um, you guys do vehicle raps. Um, can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? How did you get into that? And you you have a homie who you're partnered with, correct? Too. Um. Yeah. During my um my training for all that, like in California a little bit, and even when I first moved up here working with the sign shops, uh, that's what we first got into. I was working with a really high end place, so we got into digitally printed wraps, uh, flat wraps, and just basic colors stuff like that. But we would wrap entire vehicles. Technology has changed big time now. So it's a lot easier for us. We require a lot less tools. The material is more expensive, but it's quicker to work with. So you kind of get a good balance there. And uh, we work with both Oracle wraps, which I tell people, if you're on a budget, that's what you're going to want to go through. But you're going to have some seams here and there because it does lift a little bit. And you want those badass wraps that you see all the time that look like paint jobs. That's 3M. It's a 3M brand yeah. product. Quite a bit like more the, the color. The the color change with the glass beads in there and shit, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're talking like an Orifol wrap will cost you maybe like, you know, 800 bucks in material. That's like, be like what I would spend on the material to cover a car in Orifol. You go with the 3M and you're going to spend like $1,700 on the same material, but it's going to be a lot better. You don't have to cut it up everywhere, patched shit. And, you know, it's different. It's different. It's a so game changer. Because all the products you're no using, the primers and everything, is all 3M. You gotta use that stuff together. Okay, so can I ask you some other math questions related to cost? What is that? Okay, so if you got the 3M wrap, 1700 material, how much does it cost with labor? Like 35 or three? <laughs> That's or pretty, pretty typical. Is about three to four on a, a vehicle with a lot of curves. But if you're gonna bring me okay. like a Jeep where we can easily take it apart, like a, a you know like a Rubicon or some something square. like that. Something square. Hell, yeah. I can wrap that in less than a day. <laughs> okay. And and what so comparable to a paint job, how much cheaper is the wrap than a paint job? And and I'm I'm asking you to be a salesman, bro, because it, it, it like because in it my really head, is. I'm like, no, it's not gonna get fucked up. Your original is gonna be okay underneath that shit until you take it off. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it, it actually does do a heavy protection layer on your paint. It's pretty thick stuff. And it's made to stretch. So we heat it with heat guns and stretch the hell out of it. But we use primer underneath to make it fall down and stuff like that. It's just the difference in quality and adhesion from the two brands. And, you know, and what people's budgets are and how perfect it's going to look and something like that. But, yeah, you know, your typical cost is going to be about three to 4000 Um And what with would a paint a, job cost, though? What would a paint a, job cost? A yeah, paint job with, 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 Yeah, color? for the, the, color, the color paint. The, the color change paint with the glass beads and all that shit. That has I mean, to cost way more than the fucking wrap, right? You're, you're talking probably in the neighborhood at $12,000 for a paint job like that that's done right. And then you're on higher Damn. end cars too, like Audis and stuff like that. Like uh, the, the stuff's hard to take apart. So it takes you a lot longer and you need special tools and everything. And you got to do it right. You have to take everything apart, just like for a paint job door handles, lights, bumpers, everything. Yeah. But you get and, and, you get a product that could look like paint if you just have the right material and the right skill to work with it. Yeah. Well, because, dude, that's – in Phoenix, bro, I saw a lot of really fancy high-end cars when I'd be delivering packages through fucking Scottsdale and, and Fountain Hills and all this shit. Oh, yeah. And when I'd see those – I'm like, they don't sell that car in that color. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure those guys got it wrapped instead of painted because – 
it oh, yeah. changed the value of their car. You know what I mean? So, uh, so basically a third of the cost of, yeah. or a fourth of the cost for um, a paying job. You know what I mean? Because, and, and that's, yeah. I'm trying to sell your shit too, bro. Cause it's like, yo, you, you want that candy paint, but it's like, you could get a rat with the fucking same shit for a third of the cost. Yeah. And I can, I can put it on rims that have flat surfaces without doing any masking and stuff like that, you know, and it makes it look really pricey, but I mean, it's not that hard to do when you know what you're doing and yeah. you buy products. It's, it looks really good. Well, and then, and then that's one thing. I'm not a super big car guy, but like aftermarket shit is cool, but not, not when it affects the the rest of the car. Like I shout out to my pop. I love my fucking pop, man. He's my old man. I, I bought my sister's old car. Right. And he put ski racks on it. That's fine. He put fog lights in it. That's fine. But he added fucking power locks. Like it's a base model fucking Kia. So it didn't have power locks and <laughs> something Something with that shit, there's a wire that's grounding out and the fucking, it like whistles when you turn on the audio for the stereo and I can't figure out. And bro, I'm a music guy, dude. So every time I fucking- Bothers the hell out of you. Fucks with me, dude. Like, hell yeah. So I'm trying to figure that part out. And it's like, if my pop is listening, like, man, don't fuck with the electrical in the future. Just wrap that fucker with a cool fucking color. You know what I mean? Like- Right. And it just, yeah. Cause uh, I, I have a homie that I want to sell that car to in a couple of months. And it's just like, for me, I, I just feel like an asshole. Like when you turn on the stereo, it sounds like this, man. You know, like, <laughs> but you can unlock the doors with a button. Like, it's not a good enough trade for me. I'd rather fucking right. stick the key in and turn it. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's not a big whatever. deal. Yeah, whatever. That's me. I'm old school. But um, like, uh, the, the, be, besides the wraps, like, so people, you have a website where people can hit up and, and purchase that from you, or do they need to holler at you online? Like, how can they, they get some, some work done from high-end wraps? Uh, all they really need to do is uh, look up an umbrella screen printing in uh, Oregon, in Portland. Okay. And it's connected through him. His name is Jeffrey Ta. He's the homie. And um, he helped me start all this. So all you got to do is look through his stuff like we do stickers t-shirts whatever promo materials anything you want basically so uh that's how we got into the wraps it's, it's a pretty simple choice we already deal with all the vinyl and stuff anyway yeah yeah dude okay so uh can i switch the conversation towards 3d printing for the last 10 15 minutes is that okay yeah so recently i we, I talked on the horn with my friend Aaron Gone a couple weeks ago, and he, he told me he had a new piece of equipment, a 3D printer, a pretty big one. And I explained to him, like, fuck, I've been looking for these different parts that I want printed, and they cost this much. And he's he breaks down what the fucking cost is for materials, and he'll cut me a break on late eight. I'm just like, yes! Because it's very rare that something you're into on your own is also something that one of your homies is into on his own. And it's right. like, when you talk about it, it's like, oh, man, what cool, man, can I... And, and uh, I, I'm just super excited. My kid, he's into those fucking Beyblades, you know what I mean? So yeah. I want to get some, some STL files to, to print up some shit for him, too. But I, I, don't, I want the fucking Captain Rex helmet and yeah. all the shit. We'll, we'll talk more about that. But it, it, it just... Can you talk about how you got into that game, too, bro? Because I've... I read so much about it and it, the technology seems so affordable now. And can you talk about some of the things that you're doing with that as far as commercially? I know it's for fun, but like, what are some, some jobs that, and stuff that you've done with that so far? Well, I've, I first got into it just because um, 
the the my buddy that I live with, his uh, family ended up buying what's called an Ender Three, and it's a hundred eighty dollar three D printer. And I'd been eyeing them for years, but they've always been like you know seven, eight, nine hundred dollars for a tiny one, or just like ridiculously expensive for a nice one. And I was I was yeah. ready to put that kind of investment into something that it was like uncharted territories. You know, there's a learning. Yeah, like I, I got to be able to to know what I'm doing before I'm comfortable spending that kind of money. So yes, we let it go for a few months where uh, I was teaching him how the programs worked. He gave me all the software and everything, and I, I told him how it worked in the research and did a bunch of testing, research, and development. And we got to a point where we're pretty good at it. Figured it out. Yeah. Uh, he is like a mechanical technician, so he he does everything mechanical, and I do everything like electrical and digital. So it, we match up really well. And our other buddy, Anthony, he, he heard what we were doing, and he went and bought like the model up from the little one, which was like that the ender s4 plus or, or pro or something like that it's a 300 by 300 millimeter 300 millimeter tall nice machine printed a bunch of stuff on that one and then i got mine which is a 500 500 500 which will print really huge stuff our first yes. focus when we started playing with these was just part of our constitutional rights to uh own and manufacture our own guns and our own homes so that's all we yes. were trying to do at first and then it kind of turned into a bigger business where uh, people were ordering masks from us all the time. Like we've done Scorpion, Sub Zero, Bane, uh, Darth Vader. We've done all Hell kinds yeah. of Mandalorian armor, like all kinds of stuff. Dude. People just love this stuff. So we 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 entered yeah. it with a different idea just for personal stuff, and then people started getting us to do things for them. <laughs> yeah, bro. I remember talking to you on the horn. I'm like, bro, Imperial Surplus has this Captain Rex helmet. It's 350, and you're just like. I get the materials are, I'm like, if you can undercut them, just even like $50. It's like, man, I got you. And I'm just like, man. And I also, I want, I want a fucking Magneto helmet too, Aaron. Dope. I want a Magneto one. I'm trying to cosplay that with my lady. She, she could uh, pick whatever character she wants to be, but I want that fucking red maroon helmet that he has on Dope. X-Men first class at the end of the movie. I'll get my little red jacket, <laughs> my purple cape and shit. Like right? he's, He's my favorite character from that universe, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I like him the most. Like, not just because he's a villain, but just the backstory and the depth and uh, the way that he is down for his homies. Yeah. Because he knows everybody else is going to hate on them for having talent and abilities. Mm -hmm. you know I mean? so, and, you know, sure. 3D printing has kind of become like a flood of the market kind of thing lately. And there's a lot of yeah. people out there that have a lot of these simple machines. And the bigger you get, the more complex you get. I would also recommend if anybody's thinking about getting one, be prepared to work with them. They're not just a set it and forget it kind of thing. You're going to have yeah. to work with them a little bit and make them perfect. Like you have to have everything at perfect 90 degree angles and everything leveled out. And once you figure that out and how the machine works, your programs that you use on the computer have all the settings right there. So you can change how they work with this. You know, you could have one file and set it a thousand different ways. So once you figure that out, your prints come out really nice. And what we're doing right now is we got one running PLA, which is your basic plastic material. And we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk polymers. about that. Yeah, yeah. What, what kind of polymers, what different materials do you use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about that, please. Yeah, we're using like PLA, PLA, PLA plus on one machine. 
which is the middle. What, what does that stand for? What does that stand for? PLA. I forget what exactly it stands for, but it's just it's a basic run of the mill plastic. It's really cheap for like uh, one kilo. It's like twenty eight bucks, which is like two point two pounds. So it's it's a large spool for very little money, and if you master it, you can make PLA print really well. Uh, it sands really nice. It paints really nice with acrylics and stuff like that. And you can't really tell that it's 3D printed once you finish it. And then we we moved on to another substance, which was for our, our original cause, which we're running everything steel. And what's running through the machine is a nylon carbon fiber blend. So it's really abrasive. It melts at a super high temperature. It's a different monster of a machine. And then on the bigger machine, uh, I'm converting it right now to actually print things like uh, silicone and TPU, flexible materials. So I can start printing hoses okay. and things like that. And, does, is there like a vinyl spool too? Uh, basically, your PLA is going to be similar to a vinyl, but it's going to be rigid. Okay, so the the last ones that you talked about, like the different comp- – okay, so I promised my band guys I was going to ask this question when I had you on the show, but there's a certain style of guitar pick, right, that people are starting to print with. One of them has like kind of a hole in the middle. So it's like, you're not going to lose your grip. Some of them print, you know, grooves on it for grip. But to me, that sounds like something fucking super tiny and cheap that easy. I'm like, I can, I can holler at my homie to make a hundred of those. And cause my band homies were completely like, man, they fucking sell this one pick for like $16 and it has the fucking hole in the middle. And they're, yeah. And I'm just like, we can sell them for five, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't... Uh, so that's that's why I was asking about materials, because I think the... the, the most material expensive that... stuff is just the carbon fiber stuff, and then that's about 50 to 60 bucks a roll for the same size. So you're well, talking a well, big imp- price increase for the, the hardcore materials, but you, you wouldn't want to use that on your guitars because it's no, crazy. No, but that, well, that's what I'm saying. Is they, as soon as you said flexible materials, that's... My cousin Tutlo, shout out to Tutlo. Like that's, he told me like he's got 20, 25 years experience playing guitar, and he he tell me like you want a little bit of flex, and you don't want some yeah. shit that's gonna slip out of your hand, and you have to hold it and picky fish. Like the advice that I get from him is fucking next level kung fu shit, and I'm just I'm trying to apply that to stuff that I know about 3D printing too. And like, nah, cause we could get a hundred of those yeah. and probably get our band name our band name printed on them too. You know what In I mean? 3D. So we can. Yeah, and, and not just sell them, set, but yeah, give them away at shows. Yeah, dude. So, like, the flexible materials, what what are some of those, and how does that work out? Uh, the TPUs and silicones. Uh, TPU, I don't know if you know what that is, but it, it's, it's it's almost like a silicone. It's I, slightly more I, rigid. I think, I think my phone is my phone case is made out of TPU. Yeah, that would be the kind of material you'd want to make, like, a guitar pick out of. You just make it a little bit thick. Or you can get different grades of silicone that you can print through these hotheads that we converted to. Is it's like we have no longer stock machines; they run however we want them to now. And we've upgraded yeah. a ton of different stuff, so we're running materials that are not meant to be run through these machines. But you can get different grades of silicone. You can get it really floppy, soft for like heat and tubing and stuff like that, so you can actually clamp it onto something and use it. Uh, or you can get a more rigid silicone. Like almost like uh, I don't know if you have a glass cover on your phone or what, but I have a silicone one on mine. It's pretty rigid, and it's like it leaves yeah. marks, but it self heals and stuff. It never cracks. But that's yeah, the same kind I'm of pretty, thing. I'm pretty sure that's what it said. TPU fucking phone case or something. Yeah. Spy Gen or some shit like that. Yeah, that's dope. 
these terms fucking ring a bell, bro. That's why I'm just like, man. And you, yeah. you can print those on your 3D printers, no problem. Easy. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing. Yeah, bro. You get the STL file for that shit. And, yeah. You easy. know, like you can make your own yeah. STL files. There's a ton of free software out there. Um, I won't really mention it because I don't want to promote them too much, but you can find it all over online. Yeah, tons of free three D software. Yeah, Google that shit up, ladies and gents. Um, fuck, we're at an hour right now. Aaron, going. I gotta ask you a couple of more questions before we wrap. Um, I gotta ask this every single guest I have on the show, bro. It's a two sided question. The first side is the good side. What do you feel has been your best move on the path to where you're at right now? Probably trying to work for myself finally, and <laughs> getting away from the man. Yeah, yeah. But elaborate a little bit more, dude. I, mean, I need you know a couple it's, more sentences because it, it, it not being under the man's thumb, you know, trying to make moves for myself and seeing where I can take myself rather than other people relying on me to make them the man. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, so the other side of the question: What do you feel has been your biggest mistake on the path to where you're at right now? Or your biggest fuck up? Trusting too much with corporations. Yes, elaborate please bro because yes, i'm the same i'm like man fuck those suits they don't give a shit i'm i'm they getting don't. fired anyway yeah right? so basically the facility i did work at when i had to leave wasn't because of any performance issues or anything like that i was literally during the covid thing what happened was is they dissolved my position all it was was some suited dick that was a, a an investor for the company that worked for Apollo Financial that had never met me and never been in the facility and never really shook hands with anybody who was producing any of these things. And I was a number on paper and got released because of that. That to me is yeah. absolutely ridiculous when you are a key player in the design of a company and you're literally one of only 12 people still making money for the company when this happens. <laughs> Yeah, and th that's one thing I'm sure too is he saw your name on the spreadsheet with a higher number than the other guys in the same section on the spreadsheet, and it's like, yo, why is, yeah, why is this guy worth that? And it's he's gonna see Aaron, you know what I mean? But yep. it doesn't matter because you're on to your own thing. He's gonna see the results in the yeah. next year. And be like, it don't matter. Fuck, that's why. <laughs> that's why he was higher on fucking the spreadsheet than everybody else in the same section. <laughs> yep. For real. Oh fuck, that's why. Yeah. So that's that's cool, man. I, I dig that attitude also, bro, because I, I just feel like too much importance and emphasis is placed on giving your two weeks and you don't want to have a bad rep. It's like I would rather do more work. I don't give a shit who said anything about me yeah. getting fired or it's like, nah, these guys are gonna tell you I showed up and fucking crushed because I was into the work, not just the fucking measly pay that they're giving me at the end of the week, you know what I mean? Yeah showed initially um yeah dude you know like it, it matters you're either into it or you're not and if you're not fuck and the guys that are never get rewarded either aaron in, in corporate settings that's why i'm yep I'm, I'm i always support all the homies who are trying to do their own shit because it's like man uh, i'm not gonna fire me and when i'm doing good i'm when i'm doing good i'm gonna give me a raise you know exactly I mean? yeah. yeah um so what what other kind of ideas or concepts would you like to promote for the future, Aaron Gunn? Like, is there, you know what I mean? Like, what, 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 uh, you know, besides entrepreneur, you know, being an entrepreneur, like, what, what, what do you want to promote to the kids, man? Because just always stay that's up, one thing that stay up on your technology and things, man. It's like learn how the world moves faster. If you if you don't keep pace with that, 
it's going to pass you up. You, you got to keep working for that. That's the only reason I got into like 3D printing and all this other stuff. Like, I mean, I started with a spray can. Look what I work with now. You know, I work with some yeah. of the world's most complex machines. <laughs> yeah, man. Started with some fucking Krylon, man. Yep. Yeah. That's dope. Good advice for the kids, Aaron Gohan. Um, Damn. Yeah, bro. I feel like that's a pretty good spot to rap, dude. You know what I mean? Stay up on your technology. Hell yeah. Um, is, is there... Where can people get a hold of you online or, or follow you, man? Like, are, do you have an IG now since you don't work for that company? Like, what's what's up? How I, can folks I, did, I do. Get I, I just just started it and it has like no content yet. <laughs> Dope, man. Post post that fucking goddamn the TDE damn red hooded sweatshirt, bro. Post a photo of that. All right. I'll throw some garments up there and some vehicle wraps and stuff and shoot you the tag. Yeah, dude. Please do. Um, so what, what's the IG tag? How can folks follow you? I don't need, I got to get on my phone and look, bro. I just made it a few days ago. Okay. So Aaron Gohan, A-A-R-O-N-G-O-I-N. Ladies yep. and gentlemen, search that. It'll probably pop up. Um, and then what about on Facebook? Same thing. Facebook. Yeah. Same thing. Just Aaron Gohan. And then what, and then what was the, the company, the, the subs, the umbrella for, to, for high-end reps? Umbrella can, screen can print. You say that? umbrella screen printing.com yeah i don't i don't okay. know if he has a dot com i think he does but he's on ig pretty heavy i know he okay. he relies on a lot of his business through ig actually because he gets a lot of promotion yeah that's where it's at bro for weed or anything that looks cool it's like, yeah i mean he's got he's got all that too it's like i mean if he's got the dope ass prepackaged edibles and stuff like that is nice stuff bro got some good quality no products coming out of there i'm teaching him how to make it right you know, have his yeah. facility working, getting better quality, having better people. It's working no out. We got stickers down there. We got embroidery. We do anything. No doubt. Well, dude, I'm proud of you, Aaron Gone, And I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on our podcast and, and talk about your wins and your L's, man. Yeah, no problem. You know what I mean? It, it means a lot. You're, you're a sharp dude and uh, talented, man. You and, too, John. And, and, well, thanks, man. And and anytime you want to come back on the show to talk about something new you got coming out, man, uh, or or even like if you secure some fucking wicked contract and want to promote it after you get the fucking check, like I don't, I don't care, bro. Like you got an open invitation always for Concerned Dad's <laughs> podcast to come on and talk your shit, man. I think we should definitely do that when we advance to that next step in three D printing and do live fucking video of it. Yeah, yeah, when I get that fucking Rex helmet, bro, and it's painted, like, definitely, I'll interview you with shit on for the fucking podcast. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're just trying yeah. to rebuild our tables and shit right now to make everything, like, we're going to rebuild it all perfect and uh, have the printers separated from each other with boxes and everything now that we know how to print yep. really well. So we're just editing how we're doing stuff right now and rebuilding them. We'll be back up in the next couple of weeks we're running that shit, and it'll be even better than it was before. Fucking A, man. Fucking A. Can't wait to see the work, man. Can't wait to spend some dollars, man. Hell yeah. Um, but uh, that that concludes uh, our episode and our interview with Aaron Going, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do my outro dance. This was the 75th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I was your host, Katie M. Kane. My guest, Aaron Going from High End Raps. Please look him up on IG or Facebook, A-A-R-O-N space G-O-I-N. And also, Umbrella, what was it? Umbrella? Screen printing umbrella screen printing on ig man hit yep. them up that's that's the uh the company that's uh the stickers everything man 3d printing 
you know, rap, vehicle raps, whatever the fuck you want, man. Holler at those guys. They got game and the shit looks dope. I also got to give a shout out to my guys in production, Mitchell Wilson and Jesse Curry. This has been a main node and Joseph Street Enterprise production. Peace.